Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Monday, May 11th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas, especially now when we can't be around each other. So email us, or better yet, record a one to two minute voice memo on you can do it on your smartphone and send it to us at producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And please share the show with your friends, colleagues, family, everyone you know. We want these stories to be heard. They're human stories and we can all relate whether you're in the business or not. So today, Christian, we have our second crew safety roundtable. <laughs> spicy. It's a spicy one. No, it's good. In a good way, uh, yeah. in a good way. Everyone good way. feels comfortable. Yeah. They're in a safe space where they can talk and discuss their concerns moving forward. Yeah. So we, we're going to have three crew members. Frankie Pagnota, she is a second AD, DGA, second AD. Amit Gajwani, wardrobe stylist. And Margina Dennis, makeup and hair. Yes, very exciting. Oh, yeah, they have a lot to say, folks. So they have stay a lot tuned. to say. <laughs> Christian, how's it going? It's Monday. So fucking weird, man. Yeah. I guess it's to me is like, okay, uh, my new normal, is this reality? Yeah, this is it. I guess my mind and my body think that. And so the routine that we've had over the last nine weeks is mm-hmm. settling into this, which is, yeah. I don't know what to do or say. I mean, again, we talked about it on Friday, I think. We can't live at a heightened state of anxiety or outrage no. forever. Yeah. Eventually, you're bought, you have to give yourself a break. So that's where I'm exactly. at. How are you? Exactly. I'm good. Same thing. I mean, I feel like every day is complicated in new and different ways. It seems like time moves differently. So it's either <laughs> deadly slow or super fast. A and you just keep thousand miles enough, an hour. <laughs> there's just not enough time to get everything done. Right. And um, it's interesting. And like you said, it's this is our weird new normal for now. Time is relative. Yeah. And so for me, it's I'm not on everyone else's time schedule right now. And so you get random just friends reaching out at odd hours because that's when they're up, which is totally fine. Um, and then you answer it when you can on your hours. It's just a different way of thinking. And the the stress to answer it right away is no longer there. <laughs> oh, I feel like it's more business inquiries or oh, yeah. projects mm-hmm. from, you know, it's like, you know, I, I did start a lot of projects when all this happened. So <laughs> there seems to be, you know, we're all in theory sitting at home with nothing to do. So I should have plenty of time to, you know, respond right away or answer. And and, and I'm feeling very protective of my time right now. Yeah, so. I agree. I mean, I, I had that discussion with a group of folks that I started a project with um, last week. And we just... It, explain to everybody that although we are quote unquote sitting at home, it doesn't mean yeah. that we're available 24 yeah. hours a day and can immediately respond to things. So don't text until I do. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind exactly. of the conversation. So <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. These are the times that you have to, it's important to protect yourself and protect your time and, and protect your, your personal interests because it's all going to go away soon and we'll be back to work and we'll be back running the stupid rat race like we were before all this happened. And, uh, I think we've all learned that priorities have shifted now. Yes. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing, too. So I just want to say two quick things. 
things, and then we're going to go right to the crew roundtable because it's, you know, it's a big one. I mentioned this before. Uh, SAG-AFTRA and IATSE are presenting a virtual town hall with U.S. Representative Adam Schiff. That's tomorrow, May 12th at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, if anybody wants to join us on YouTube. You can just go to YouTube and search for it. Right. I'll put a link in the show notes. And then, Christian, you sent me this today, the production-specific department guidelines from the AICP. They go down department by department and give a couple of bullet points for each department on what are best practices now. And it's a rehash mm-hmm. of what... Uh, it's a rehash, <laughs> yes. And I understand that everybody, all the entities out there would like to say these things to us and give us guidelines. However, yep. I'm not I'm not buying into it yet. It needs to be yep. cohesive. It needs to have our voices. It needs to have crew voices um, represented and just not there. And there mm-hmm. still is no mention on here of a third party safety monitor or health mm-hmm. monitor on set that mm-hmm. is going to manage this full-time job of mm-hmm. instilling these uh I mean it protocols. is an opportunity for the state government yeah. entities to add jobs it's another source of income another source of jobs yes. in LA I believe it should be the film LA that is yes. handling the, well actually no it should be statewide I think it should be statewide, right? I personally feel that the film commissions in each state, but in California, it's a roller coaster there. So permitting in entities, not every job permits, though. So I do think that it should be OSHA or state regulated. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's get on with this crew safety roundtable. And let's hear what they all got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Frankie Pagnota, second AD, assistant director. After being a production assistant for about five years, she joined the DGA as a commercial second AD. Soon after that, she upgraded her position and became a DGA first AD in commercials, which has allowed her to work on TV and films in Southern California. Ahmed Gajwani is a wardrobe stylist. He was born in Mumbai, India. And at the age of 12, he moved to the United States. His keen interest in the fashions of different cultures is evident in his work. After assisting established costume designers and stylists, he began styling on his own and has now a client list that ranges from editorials to advertising to celebrities and films. Margina Dennis is a makeup artist in New York City. Margina has specialized in making the world a little more beautiful for over 15 years. She has worked her magic on celebrities such as Tracy Morgan, Jane Lynch, Leah Michelle, and Tom Brady. Mm. Her work has graced the pages of Teen Vogue, Entertainment Weekly, and L'Officiel. And we're going to put all their contact information in our show notes in case you want to get a hold of any of them. Let's take a listen. Thank you all for joining us. We're going to go around the table and just introduce yourself, say your name and your job title. And we'll start with Frankie. Hi, I'm Frankie, Frankie Pagnata. I'm going to change my name on here, though, because it says Francesca and I don't want to confuse people. I am an AD, <laughs> and it really does confuse people, Lawrence, believe it or not. Does it really? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're like, uh, you're, 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 you're Frankie? Uh, uh. Yeah, I'm Frankie. <laughs> it's good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Ahmet, we'll go to you. Hi, I'm Ed Gashwani. I'm a costume designer, wardrobe stylist. And you're based in New York, right? I'm based in New York and L.A. And L.A. Bi-coastal, bi-coastal. Okay, great. Margina. Um, Margina Dennis. I'm a makeup artist. I'm based in New York, but I do work in L.A. as well. Great. Thank you all for joining us. And this is a good group because the three of you all work closely with talent. So I think that there's a lot of factors in there and that can be an important part of the discussion. Christian, take it away. So my first, I mean, that was the very first thing I thought was, well, the three of you are working with talent. And when we work with crew members, we can vet them, you know, somewhat, because usually they're the crew members we reach out to that we've worked with before and whatever, but talent can somewhat be strangers to us. 
We don't know. And sometimes um, there might be a surprise bonus, hundred extras. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> that kind of thing that just show up. And um, and two hundred extras. The jobs yeah. that I would turn down were night shoot. Sorry. And <laughs> and hundred extra jobs. <laughs> so if you got a call for a job today and there weren't any changes, would you take it? What do you mean by changes? Meaning that maybe you were supplied some gloves and a mask when you walked in and things were sanitized. But, you know, I guess what we're trying to really discuss right now is what we did before and what we're going to be walking into now. We're going to go in order and we'll stick with this order. So we'll start with Frankie, go to Admit and go to Margina. I object. <laughs> would you prefer to go last <laughs> yes uh, yeah we should have let so, we should have let the ad organize this but <laughs> yes i should probably lead by saying that i pretty much think i had it in january i was sick for two months so this thing doesn't scare me it hasn't scared me okay i do have a compromising immune system and i get sick all the time if there's a flu i get it if there's a cough i get that cough. i mean i'm just like so i'm used to being paying attention to my health so I'm going to lead with that just so people understand that I'm not left, I'm not right, I'm not, I'm just, yeah. I have my own basic opinion based on my personal experience with the world That's and great. my health. And we, we do want to add that, uh, you know, don't, every, this is a safe space. So if somebody has a disagreement or a different idea, please feel free to no share judgment. it. No judgment. We really want to hear everyone's honest opinion. So Frankie, carry on. So for me, I would, I would take a job today because I really, really miss my craft. I'm, I never realized how much I really enjoyed being an AD. I yeah. was still, after we shut down in Hollywood, I was still going and volunteering in downtown at, right. in Skid Row at mm-hmm. one of the missions. Mm-hmm. And the president came out into, like, into the, the dining room area and was like trying to film a little video update for people who follow, you know, follow the mission and want to know how they're doing. I, you, you would think that I was shooting it like I was a cinematographer. I ran in. out, I, off. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of prepping food and I ran out there. I was like, can I just, can I just help you? I really don't like the size of the frame. You look, you're the pet guy. You know, and that was, and this was only two weeks after this was right. March, March 13th is when we shut down. And this was like two weeks after that, whatever that date yeah. is. And I was like, I'm not going to be okay if this goes very long. And now I'm like, I'm kind of still reeling and it's been two months, but anyway, <laughs> Yes, I would take a job because I have always taken the stance of taking care of ourselves. And I know film crew members, actors, our business has been very pro. They should have that on set for me. Yeah. No, if you like to take Tylenol and not Advil, don't be mad that they don't have Tylenol. Bring, it Bring your Tylenol with you. <laughs> yeah. It's a very New York attitude, Frankie, to say, <laughs> which I love. If you're afraid of catching the COVID-19, wear a mask. Or don't come out. Or don't bring your ass to work. Got it. Really easy. I, I know that's not politically correct, but it is. That's how it's, it's not. But again, there's no judgment. It's it's your decision. Yeah, hundred so, percent. Thank you. For and that. again, and but also to protect the actors. If an actor says, "Well, why aren't you wearing?" I'm going to go put gloves on. You know, I'm going to do what it takes to make an actor right. comfortable. Because that's what my job is. Also, is to make sure that that person is safe and feels comfortable. And you know, if I walk, if I get to production, they're like, "Oh, well, we're all supposed to be wearing." You know, I'm. Going to be a little resistant to it because I hate wearing the masks, but I'll wear them because yeah, it's right. part of where we are right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying like on both sides of it, yes, I'll do what it takes to make somebody comfortable at the same time as I'm going to make sure I'm safe. Right. So I'm not going to get it. Yeah. So right. I'm not putting my hands in my mouth. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So Ahmed. 
No, I mean, like, I agree with Frankie. I miss being on set. I miss my work. I wish, I hate the fact that it's been already two months and being in, Frankie, are you in New York or in LA? Oh, LA. I, New York is way too much. Okay. So, I mean, this is, you know, that, no, that, cause I wanted to ask that because for us, you know, being in New York where obviously we see, we have the highest amount of cases and the fact that we all take public transportation everywhere in New York, the entire crew has to take a public transportation. So, you know, we have a little more, you know, like I definitely want to get back to set. I'm like you, I take care of my health. I'm super anal, you know, I'm very neurotic about germs and I get it. But it's, you know, for me, it's not about me right now. It's like working on a film when there's 300 people on my set. It's, I have to think about God. And if something happens to me and I'm not aware of it, and I'm, you know, I just spread it around. So it's not even about me catching anything. I'm more worried about if I have it and I'm spreading it around. So, you know, the way we operate in our industry right now, because of where we are with this, you know, this pandemic, some things I think need to change for everybody to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, I wear my mask in New York. I, you know, if I, I ride a city bike today, I wipe down that city bike and I, you know, because I'm very aware of these things. But most of our crew, that's how we get around. And in our business, you know, I was thinking about this because our business is, everything is so rushed. You know, changes happen. We have to constantly be on the fly. And in those situations, I think that's where we're going to have problems because we're going to forget to take the precautions that we probably should because we need it right. We need it yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, even on a set, like I see how many times costumes have to be changed in five minutes. Christian has, you know, lit a fire underneath my butt to get me going. So I, you know, like I will, there are things that I might forget, you know, in a good way, Christian. (laughs) Well, when you're filming three weddings in one 14 hour day, you got to get people in and out. With 200 200 extras. But you know, I mean, that's where I mean, it's like, you know, I get it. I will protect myself. I have a pretty healthy system. You know, I exercise, I do yoga. I'm not worried about myself. It's, we're in tight situations. And with my actors, like we're the first contact actors have on the film set. You know, we start spending time with them weeks in advance. And like you said, yeah, if they want an Advil and a Tylenol, they should have it. But that rarely happens because production or somebody in production or somebody, in one of our crew will jump and go get them the Tylenol, right. you know? I think I agree with Christian. Some things might, our practices might need to change a little for our safety and the comfort level, you know? Well, thank you. And Margina? Since I'm a makeup artist, I've been touching people for a long time and being in front of them <laughs> and being teased and coughed on and everything else. People forget that we've had to assume from the beginning that somebody had something that's in our chair pre-COVID, mm-hmm. whether they mm-hmm. had the flu, a cold, herpes, Pepsi, Impetigo, all of these things that are very contagious and easily spreadable. So we've had to conduct ourselves in a sanitary manner, not just to protect ourselves, but also to protect our kit and protect other people right. that we work on. So I just right. think that we're going to have to maybe re-educate or educate people within our industry of how we work because we work away from set, just like wardrobe does. So there's not exactly an understanding of how we work. We, we end up becoming these powder puff people and we're just glam when there's so much more involved in what we do mm-hmm. and that we need that little extra bit of time to maybe disinfect in between actors and wipe the mm-hmm. downs for everybody's comfort level. I was already cleaning everything before and after work. I have been using a UV light and medical grade disinfectant for years, not because I'm such a right. germ person, but 
just, you know, for the safety of my kit and also my reputation and my, my job. And I'll just have to go that much further. I always had gloves on my kit in case maybe I cut my hand or something like that. It'll just be mm. staple along with the, with the mask. But I'm also aware of the psychological aspect of things because I'm this close to someone. And yeah. there are some actors that are going to be very comfortable with, with me having a hazmat right. suit on. But there's other people that's going to have the opposite effect on them. I'm also looking at ways where I can be safe and protected, but also put the people in my chair at ease that, yes, I'm being, you know, operating in a sanitary uh, manner, but I don't want to reinforce or remind you of this horrible thing that we've been dealing with. So I'm struggling with that. And I found some solutions to that. Interesting. Yeah, it's not like the movie Outbreak. Yeah. Like with, I'm yeah. comfortable going yeah. back to work tomorrow because I've already been doing things. And as this thing started to unfold, I had already started preparing for when we were going to go back to work. So I started preparing mm. before we closed down. So I'm ready. And Great. I contacted my insurance, mm-hmm. my general liability, my personal liability, my $3 million policy. Yeah. I'm COVID covered. So let's do this. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's a whole. That's another cover. That's that, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's your cover yeah. covered. That's because a lot of businesses won't even do that. My my general liability and my personal liability policy are a medical policy. Oh, oh. there you go. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, writing that down. Oh. Yeah, I learned something. Yeah. <laughs> medical policy, so I've already been in touch with my underwriter to make sure that I'm protected. right. I do have other things. I mean, a solution for me isn't just having some hand sanitizer and a pair of gloves. Right. We right. have a lot more disposables, as you know, because we're touching people that we will go through much more than other crew members. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that has to be factored in budgetary wise. I also think about, you know, and it's like when you talk about flu and stuff in our industry, when one person gets it on set, it travels yep. the set, you know, by the end of production, pretty much everything. Yeah. It. It's craft service. You know? Exactly. It, or anything, you know, I mean, it's, it's just worrisome if we don't have some precautions. Yeah. So here's a precaution. Well, it's a two sided question. Do you feel like everybody who comes onto the film set needs to get tested for COVID before they're allowed to join the production? And would you be willing to get tested in order to get a job in order to be hired? Would you be willing to submit yourself to a test? Obviously, the testing is a big question mark right now. There's many different types. Let's just kind of go with a general test concept. Uh, Frankie, would you be willing to submit to a test? And do you feel like all the people on the set should do as well? Uh, yes to both. But like you said, there's so many different tests. There's so many Mickey Mouse tests. Yes. So it's like, yeah, I don't right. want to waste time doing it. As an AD, I obviously don't want to. I'm always thinking about the Apple spots, like 700 people in a line just to get a piece of paper that says they can work on set, a little wristband that we can get at Big Five ourselves. But yeah, if it's a legitimate medical test and there's not a bunch of PAs standing there doing yeah. it, then 100%. Mm, yeah. But the minute it becomes about the bottom line and them, you know, the production company trying to protect themselves, then I have a problem with that because then it's not really about health and safety. Right. It's about you covering your own asses so that you don't get sued yeah. or whatever the case is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think testing is important as long as it's legitimate medical testing. Yes, right. I'm at. I mean, I agree. You know, I, I definitely think it should be done by uh, medical staff. Um, my bigger concern with testing is our privacy. As that one mm-hmm. who likes to keep my stuff private, especially in a world where none of nothing is private anymore. Right. I would like to know where, you know, there would have to be some kind of 
you know, an NDA that this is only being used for our production right. and nothing else. Some, something of so that gives us a protection. I don't think there's any harm in testing and testing everyone, but I also think it's an individual's choice whether or not they want to be tested. I mean, I don't know if we can necessarily force, but if a production requires it, you know, that's their choice in the end. Maybe they choose not to work on that right. production. As someone who values safety more than anything, yes, I think we should be tested for peace mm-hmm. of mind. Right. And, but I, like Frankie, it can't be done by a PA. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do not want PAs handing me the time card. No. Margina, what about you? We're not drawing blood. Yeah. Mm. No, no. <laughs> Martina. Um, I agree with what Frankie said, but my hesitation again is with the quality of the testing. There's so yeah. many tests out there, and they're finding out that most of these tests are mm-hmm. just wrong, jacked, just, just bad. And so, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't really feel confident or comfortable having a test administered when that's what the norm reality is. It's the same thing with the temperature thing. I mean, temperature thing no. isn't valid at all. I mean, to me, that's opening the production up to more lawsuits than anything because you could have a temperature for numerous reasons. Say yeah. you've got a flu shot. That's going to raise your temperature. That vaccine yeah. will raise your temperature. Say you have a UTI. That's going to raise your temperature. Yep. You yeah. have a temperature doesn't mean you have COVID. And if you kept me from working on a job because I had a fever and I immediately went out and got tested and came up negative, production has a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's not a solution because now they're discriminating against people working. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because of a, a number. Because of a number. You can also be asymptomatic and have the virus at the time. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that there's some ADA issues as well when it comes to whether you can work or not. So I think that I think there would have to, in our opinion, there would have to be some sort of a sick pay put into that as well. Mm-hmm. So personal hygiene of everybody's unknown. Right. And so we talked about how closely you guys work with talent, but also crew like, you know, people, (laughs) I know that we can all handle ourselves and, you know, craft service was going to have to change. Lunches is going to have to change. Like many things will have to change. Right. But you can't really trust anybody 100% when it comes to personal hygiene. You forget, like you said, Mm -hmm. right. Does this affect you? Like, does it worry you at all? When thinking about talent. Mostly yeah. because mostly talent, but talent I mean, if we're all sharing unknown. restrooms and yeah. lunch areas, and at some point, all of you guys will visit set with your talent, right? Frankie, does this bother you? Were you at all? Well, yeah, because I usually have to literally hold their hands to get them out of the makeup chair. <laughs> you have to yank them out and get them to set because they've been screaming for them for hours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, uh, can't talk to every single body. We gotta go. Yeah. So I grabbed their hands, but um, I'm mean, never doing that again. <laughs> get a pole. <laughs> get one of those grab Push sticks. Them out. That's kind of a difficult one because, mm-hmm. like, I hear stories from costumes and I hear stories from makeup all the time. <laughs> this actor came to the fitting with no draws on. This actor came to the fitting with no dirty draws on. Like, you know, and they ask for clean underwear. Yeah. Like, you know, stuff like that. I, it's something that I don't have to deal with firsthand, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I understand and I get it because I tend to keep a distance like I said, I have my own issues. I'm very, I have a compromised immune system. So I tend to just keep a distance with most of these people. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that there is a way to control that. You know, if an actor comes to set and they literally smell like they haven't showered since two days, you know, or they didn't brush their teeth or whatever. Like, I don't know that there's a way to, you know, tell an actor to go take a shower without it being some well, kind of a thing, you know. I mean, 
And do we, do we have showers in the motorhomes? You know, to your point, we tell them when they get their call time to make sure that they've showered. I mean, I know, I know it, it, it just feels like a rough solution, but you are a grown ass man. I know, I know, I know. Right? Or a woman. making $80,000 for the day. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I showered, sis. So I don't <laughs> showered, I showered, I showered, I showered about 15 minutes ago. No judgment. I'm just saying. But Ahmed, I know that you and I worked together and <laughs> absolutely you've heard those stories as well. So I mean, not anywhere. I mean, we touch so many of their body parts. You know, we're really, and at times we're in places sometimes I don't want to be, let's say, you know, trying to fix a costume. Unless, like you said, I mean, you're right. There's been, I have horror stories of what I have witnessed with actors and their hygiene. So, yes, you can send them a letter on a, ca- you know, on a call sheet saying that they should bathe and would they actually do it? Yeah. I don't know. I know there are actors that I work with that wouldn't care, <laughs> you know? So in the end, with everything, I can only control myself and I can ask my crew to, you know, uphold these standards. I can't control the actors, let alone anybody else. We're going to have to trust a little somewhere, you know? Obviously, if there's a smell, I'm going to go to the AD and be like, hey, Frankie, <laughs> she smells. Uh, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> I need your it's help happened. Over here. It's happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the costume department, we can provide them certain things like sanitizers and stuff, but that's also only can only do so yeah. much. To your point, the trust that we may have had or extended to a stranger before may be compromised now. So, and Mar- Martina, <laughs> you want to join in on yeah, this? <laughs> I'm just going to say that because I'm a very observant person. I might not say a lot. And I don't just work on film and TV sets. I also work on print sets as well, you know, advertising. Mm-hmm. Stuff. And I've been doing this a while. And I don't really understand why there is this badge of honor of exiting the bathroom with dry hands. Right. So I'm all for the bathroom police. Somebody there standing there making sure people yeah. wash their hands. Because we could cut down on the spread yeah. a lot of stuff if people just sing happy birthday and wash their hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or bringing the sinks out into the public so that when they walk out of the bathroom, we can all watch them do it. Well, yeah, because I've seen people literally leave the bathroom with their little dry hands and go right to crafty table and start touching food. So I'm to the point where I just bring snacks. (laughs) Um, When before we got shut down because I was working in Pose on um, March 13th, I was already to the point where I was bringing my own food. Because uh, all this stuff yeah. was swirling around, and I'm like, I, I know the crafty trucks being really extra careful because now they're hand packing everything, but it was still a communal, you know, of yeah. yourself sort of lunch and breakfast. So I'm like, I'm going to feed myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not worried about who's preparing it. I'm more so worried about the people that are touching that yeah. handled it before and handled yeah. it that came out of the bathroom with dry hands, Just keeping it real. Yeah. Because I'm like, what's that about? Really? Yeah. Wash your hands, please. Just wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. Wash your damn hands. So uh, there's a lot of talk going around in the community about waivers and releases and different types of waivers and releases. So I want to get your beat on what you guys would be willing to sign if it was asked of you. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple different ones. One, some companies are saying that you would need to sign a commitment that you have not personally experienced any symptoms of COVID-19 in order to be on set. 
Another form of this is actually a waiver and a release would be that you release the production company from any sort of liability if you contract COVID-19 on their set. Don't know if anyone's going to implement any of these, but what are your thoughts, Frankie? I am 100% not, I'm, I'm against the releasing anybody's liability of anything ever. Yeah. And that's mainly because, again, I have a problem with people's bottom line and people's health. Like, mm-hmm. I've watched companies, I've watched producers, I've watched production teams, like, you know, try and skate around things just to avoid like a $500 difference. Oh, yeah. That comes back to me every time I read anything like that, where they're like, well, would you be willing to sign? No, because that tells me that you're trying to hide something from me at some point mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. And that may, not, may, that may or may not be true, but that's what, that's what that illustrates for me as an AD, mm-hmm. that you're trying to get around something that you're responsible for. What was the other one? Promising that you haven't had any symptoms in the past uh, right. week or so before the job. Well, I think that is, I think that's a reasonable question. However, it doesn't stop people from lying. Because I, exactly. I, again, I'm almost 100% sure I had it in January and did not get rid of it until beginning of March. Right. And I was diagnosed twice wrong. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Just as a side note, do you mind if I say that you're in the DGA? No, yeah. Yeah. Director so, of America. Have you, have you? Proud member. Have you received anything from your union saying that you should or shouldn't sign? I've heard IOTC send some stuff out, but I, I don't know. No, because I sit on a couple of the committees and we, there's a lot of conversation about it. And the majority of the guild feels that it's not something that we should sign. But there is no official statement that has come out that says, right. do not do this. Keep us updated on that. I'm at- For the former, I mean, I have no problem signing. Like Frankie said that I haven't had the symptoms, but I think a lot of people would lie. I think a better way to go about that is maybe to get everybody tested before, you know, we go into production, you know, to curve that. So that would resolve that issue. As for the liability issue, no way. I mean, you know, we live in a country where health insurance is, it's a tragedy the way we have to deal with health insurance. The fact that we don't have, you know, even with being in the union and not doing union hours and losing my health insurance are paying so much. I think production has to protect us in some way. If they're taking away that liability, I mean that they're not doing what they need to do on their end. Mm-hmm. And that's what that worries. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Yeah. Martina? I agree because it kind of fosters that kind of distrust that they're like, okay, we don't want to assume any responsibility for anything whatsoever on this. And the something thing is a slippery slope too, because a lot of the COVID symptoms are very vague and they're for numerous different other things, even for allergies. So if I have post nasal drip and cough because um, the tree pollen is driving me crazy, you're going to, you're going to accuse me of having COVID. No, I mean, that's kind of, that's a headache. insane. So I don't know what they're going to do about that. I'm also a union member, and like Frankie's saying, nothing's come out official, but they've told us not to sign anything, or that we shouldn't be because mm-hmm. of reasons that we're talking about, because yep. they should be concerned with welfare instead of just looking at the numbers, um, because it is a human life. So $500, $50, you know, all of this fighting over, you know, this sort of stuff that happens all the time when you know that they paid an extraordinary amount of money like maybe someone's staying at a five-star hotel instead of a three and a half, but they're fighting us over a hundred dollars on something mm-hmm. to ensure the safety of more people. That's the sort of stuff that is maddening to Yes. Completely agree. Totally. So department specific concerns, Frankie, are there things that 
your department that are like unique to the way you work? Maybe something we're not thinking of when it would come to what some of your concerns would be going back to work? My, con- my and this is going to sound bad again. My main concern is that I'll have to wear a mask because it's already hard enough to communicate with people mm-hmm. being a minority female in my male, white male driven position. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a couple of other AD friends of mine about that question because it was written in the questionnaire thing that you guys sent mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be a concern of mine, but I really feel like it's going to make my job harder just to be, right. just because a person's not going to be able to see my face. And it kind of gives you that banded feel, you know, like. Yeah. Part of your job is communication. You're there mm-hmm. to communicate. Yeah. And that kind of communication makes it much more challenging. Yeah. Like you can't either you can't hear me mm-hmm. or you can't see that I'm serious or you can't see if I'm joking or, you know, it just it, it changes the level. I, I can adapt because I will. And that's what ADs do. Mm-hmm. Or they right. should. No, they're terrible. Um, Some are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> most are terrible. But we're not, that's, we're, not there. we're not here for that. So for me, that's probably the biggest challenge. And then right. I think the next challenge is going to be this cleanliness. It's next to godliness kind of right. thing like you know, trying to balance that and not, not leaving the costume and hair makeup department on their own when an actor comes in smelling like yesterday, you know, or, or feeling like yesterday or looking like yesterday or, you know, it's like, these are not things that would keep me from going to work. These are just things that are yeah. going to probably the concerns. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I, you know, I agree with Frankie, you know, it's more about the cleanliness aspect. And obviously we're very intimate with our talent on any set protecting ourselves and them. And for me, my crew, you know, and we, and we live in such tight quarters. We spend most of our time in a little room or, you know, on the mm-hmm. truck and people come in and out constantly out of our truck. I mean, it's a question of just being conscious of being clean and being, yeah, a little bit more neurotic than we normally mm-hmm. are. As for the mask, it sucks, but being in New York and I've been doing it for the past you know, two months almost right. every time I step out. It's just kind of become a way of life right now. It's, it sucks and it's hard to hear. And yes, it's frustrating. But if it means protecting our set, you know what? Mm. I can do it, you know? The keeping the six feet of distance, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I know. I think set size, you know, like how many people we're allowed to gather, I think will dictate a little bit to that. I mean, I can tell from print world. I know you said you do print as well. Like for me, print world has actually called me about work, which is strange. And they're already talking about production. Mm -hmm. I've gotten, you know, talent and stuff. And it's so weird because they've already asked me to cut down my crew. And they're like, what can I do? How can we arrange this? you know, so that we don't have three assistants on set, you know, can I talk more words? Yeah. Which is fine. And that's the thing. As long as production's aware that we don't have a problem doing the extra stuff and the extra work, as long as we get some time, you know, which I said earlier, for us, when things in our set are always in a hurry, that's where I'm I'm most concerned about. Like, that's where I think things are going to slip through the cracks, you know? Yeah. Resounding consensus on on their show is that everything's going to take more time. Yes. And I think me and Christian, our biggest concerns going back to set is, as producers, not being given that time to allow right. the crew to operate safely and having to fight for that time and fight mm-hmm. for what we need to be able to give you guys what you need to be safe. So that's the time is a big issue. So thank you, Margina. I have a little different thought process about all of this. I really think mm-hmm. it's, it's down to sanitation and people actually taking the time to actually wash their hands and stuff. And less about limiting because you're going to have the same problems if people aren't being sanitary. 
right? They're still going to be touching things and infecting things. Because I don't think that this is as airborne as people think it is. And if people were in mass, then it really limits a lot of that. Because I think a lot more people would have gotten sick flying if mm-hmm. it was spread by air so much because of the whole ventilation aspect on the planes. And I also think that more of us within our departments of hair and makeup and wardrobe would have come down with it too at work because we're so close and there right. is mm-hmm. that that spray aspect. So I think it's really going to come down more to sanitation and them limiting things. Right. And as they get further and it's still, they'll be able to understand that. My biggest concern about going back to work is I've been seeing some of these briefings from a non-union standpoint and they say stuff like, well, talent can do their own hair and makeup in there when they have all these protocols for camera, grip, lighting, sound and everything. And it's so insulting and dismissive to our industry because I don't see them saying that talent's going to mic themselves and turn the camera on and direct themselves. So I think they need to come to us and have a better understanding of what we do instead of just thinking of us as painters. I mean, mm. Mitt can testify to this and Frankie a bit too about we're kind of the last people they see before they go to set. So we're kind of the cheerleaders. We know how to do it psychologically. So if they're having a bad day, we let the first AD know, listen, there's problems in paradise here. And we try to help to work through that. Plus, too, there's things from a technical aspect that a lot of people don't realize that we need to know to be good at our job. And costumes can attest to this, too. We need to know how stuff is lit because how things are lit affect how things look. So he needs to know that from a wardrobe standpoint. I need to know that from a makeup standpoint. Hair needs to know that from the color of the hair standpoint. And we have to understand all these things. We also need to understand what's going on in post-production. If a colorist is going to come in and they decide they're going to do this cool effect and make everything super warm because the director likes that, the overall look of that, because that affects what we do with hair and makeup. So we're not just sitting there painting people. We have to learn so many people's jobs in order to do our job effectively. That's why we need to be part of the equation and part of the conversation. I mean, completely agree (laughs) with everything you just said. I mean, I mean, I I just want to say about even the sanitation. Yes, we can enforce the sanitation. But how I mean, my question is, how do we enforce adults policing adults? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would think that we would all do it on our own accord, but obviously... There are shitty people out there, huh? There are shitty people out there. And and, and Christian and I just talked about this on yesterday's podcast, that we feel strongly that there needs to be a third-party policing... Monitor. Monitor on set, much like there's Mm -hmm. a fire safety officer, much like there's animal welfare monitors, because there is a strange conflict of interest. Like, if it is our client that is behaving incorrectly... We can address it. We're not afraid of addressing it. But it, if it becomes a bigger issue, mm-hmm. it just gets really complicated and political. And political. Mm-hmm. So having a third party person that is you say, like, I'm sorry, the monitor said you had to go shower <laughs> like, or yeah. else you have to leave OSHA <laughs> or, you know, maybe it's uh, the permit office. Like whoever it is is like, sorry, the monitor said, yeah, Sherry, I could be a monitor. Go ahead. All of that. You know how there's morality clauses in a lot of these actors contracts? Mm-hmm. Why can't there be something along those lines in their contract? Yeah. Because now it's a safety thing and not just a preference. There could be levels of that. Because yeah. we smell like today. But they could then ask the same requirement out of us, though, you know, because how can they <laughs> trust us that we're all sanitary and we're clean and we've taken a shower when we're sure. working on that? 
true, yeah. true. <laughs> Not all crew members smell like today. All right. <laughs> yeah. So you 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 bring up a really good point there. It has to be a both it goes yeah. both yeah. ways. And then there's still the enforcement question. So I, yeah. And also the union question. I mean, also most the of the union time, question. yeah, unions don't allow you to sign anything that they've not negotiated to death. I mean, maybe the unions work together on this so that for the safety of our business and our crew. Right. But that is a question, though, I, I, if you guys are all comfortable talking about it, because it sounds like you all are union. Uh, have you heard, and I know we touched on it briefly, Frankie, what you've heard of from, from your union. Have they put together any sort of protocols for you, your job role specifically? Have you heard anything from, from DGA come to you? No, because I am sitting on a committee that's putting this document together that would kind of take IFPs and SAGs and like, you know, there's, in, in UK's got some stuff running, like everybody's got their own thing running and a lot of it's very overwhelming. They're like, we're going to have another five unit crew that's just COVID-19. It's just like more people or less people. So the DGA, we are in the process of putting that together at the moment. But we're also waiting for, I think it's called the Rothenberg Report. So we're waiting for that mainly before we can actually like go forward with something official, DGA-wise. And what the DGA will put out will be, in, you know, because mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of like the big brother on a set in a way, even though we're not. All of our okay. document will include what IATI's talking about and what the producers mm-hmm. union thing. All of that is what we are trying to, you know, come up with as well as, well as like, you know, roundtables like this and committee meetings and stuff like that. But there's nothing, again, there's nothing official. And there's a lot of like temperamental moments in those conversations where they're like, oh, Steve, you have a cough, you can't come yeah. to work. And I have, I have, like I said, I have really bad allergies. You're going to tell me I can't come to work because I got post-nasal drip? Stuff like that is what keeps coming up. And it's mm. coming from people who generally don't get sick. Yeah. Right. Or maybe a different generation of folks who may have done something a different way. You know, I I think there's a lot of just standards that should have been updated years ago. Yeah. That, that type of mentality, I'm sure we're all <laughs> dealing with. Before we move on, I want I do want to say, because Christian and I work mostly in commercials, we are not recognized by the Producers Guild. We don't have a union. We do not have a union. I know. We, neither do know. PMs. I've been doing this for fucking 25 years, and there's I'm not recognized by a union. I did do a feature film, so I am technically a DGA member, even though I'm not on a qualification list. So Christian and I are, as producers We're, in this industry, yeah. we have no protection. I just wanted to get that out there. None of the production staff are. The PAs, the coordinators, yeah. the supervisors, none of them are at all. Yeah. Putting it out there, <laughs> on your music videos, on your print, on your, <laughs> on your commercials, on your content, on your short films. Um, Matt, what about you? Have you heard anything from from your union? No, I mean, not in regards to how we're moving forward. But I did see something from my Yahtzee about not signing any NDA. But the weird thing is when you ask a question about non-union work, you know, like we said, coming in the print world, they're already thinking about moving forward. So those rules are not something that they're right. so concerned about. You know, it's a whole different mm-hmm. world. It's more about appearances than it is about protocol. Mm-hmm. Correct. But the other thing is this also, you know, they can limit the crew to five to 10 people, you know, whereas but, it would be hard to do that on a commercial and a film. But if those five to 10 people, if one of them's parent is sick, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And everybody gets. No, it doesn't. You're absolutely right. And these are the questions even I'm talking to the production about. And you need to say, yeah. Margina, yeah. have you heard anything from your union? Yeah. Our unions, they don't like us talking about stuff outside of a union standpoint. But I can tell you that there has been discussions and they have updated us. I know that they're trying to work together 
with stuff and they're trying to put some things together. And then from a non-union standpoint, there are people that are in hair, makeup and styling that are working on some protocols so that stuff can be put together for print shoots and stuff like that so that everybody feels comfortable and safe. And also, you know, we want it to be a win-win for everybody so that they can see that things can be done in a safe manner. So they're not trying to eliminate us from the equation and it's not going to jeopardize or, you know, make their insurance go up, you know, tremendously. So we are working on stuff on both sides to put together a standardized protocol that can be implemented Mm -hmm. so that things can be done safely and it's not a subjective thing. And it's also not too science-based where it overwhelms people. So just know that it's being worked on. I've had three meetings this morning before on this one and (laughs) all related to that and one after this. So it's being worked on because it's important. Good. Good. So rates, you know, it's either, hey, A, we need hazard pay or B, we need, you know, lower our rates because nobody's working and, you know, the brands are losing money too. So those are the two <laughs> threads of conversation that are going on right now. So Frankie, would you like to take that first? My job is already a hazard because people are crazy. <laughs> I want to leave with that. So I don't, I don't want hazard pay. I just want you to pay me what I'm due. Because what, what I'm worth, I should say, not what I'm due. You guys also had that question in there about doing like a two-week, or am I jumping the gun? Two-week. Uh, no, you're not. We took that one out because it, it felt... It feels more like for a feature film. They're talking yeah, about two-week quarantine period for the entire crew in a hotel somewhere. That sounds miserable. <laughs> that sounds like you're going literally to jail because you wouldn't be able to leave right. the hotel. Yeah. And what if you don't yeah. like food? What if you want to go to a spa? Or what if you, you know, no, I don't want to do that, but... Spas are probably closed. <laughs> Wait, I said spas are probably closed, but that said. <laughs> why, do you keep, why do you keep bringing up old stuff? I'm future right here. We're future. You're oh, in the future. You're We're in the future. The future. Yes. But yeah, I mean, so you would not take a rate cut no. just because. No. Um, yeah. Agreed. Uh, Amit? Would I take a rate cut? I mean, I do on many jobs because of the people that I work with sometimes because I have to, you know, right. so to it's me. It's your choice. It's my choice. You know, I rather work with people that I enjoy. So in the end, you know, obviously it also depends on the amount of work, you know, it, it, those are, there are many other factors. Personally, yes. I mean, I don't prefer to take a break cut and I don't think we should because these companies mm-hmm. that are struggling or we know are not struggling that much. So, And, and what about hazard pay? Hazard pay? I mean, like Frankie said, I mean, our work is pretty hazardous. As long as I'm comfortable knowing that production has taken care of what it needs to on their end, I don't need to take a hazard. If suddenly where I'm like, oh, the production hasn't done this, 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 or people are not, you know, we don't have a sanitation crew, like, you know, that's where it's like, no, now you're, you know, we need, there has to be some compensation for it, Mm -hmm. you know. That being said, I might not even take the job if I think the production is not doing what they're supposed to, you know. Right, but Margina, I'll let you answer, but then after that, I'd like to... I mean, do you think it's production's job to do this? Oh, yeah. Like that's, that's one thing we're struggling with too, is like, I don't feel comfortable having the entire cast's lives in my hands because of Lysol. Right. I understand the struggle in that. So it depends on which world you're talking about. If it's a union job, then it is production's responsibility. If it's a non-union job, then it falls on to us. So 
there's no way that I'm going to decrease my rate when my cost of doing business yeah. is increasing tremendously because the yeah. amount of disposables and things that I'm going to need to have because I'm going to have to change things out after each person, every single person that's in my chair. So would you raise your kit rate? Yes, because as it is, we've been fighting with it being absorbed into our rates as it is. And it's like, this is what I mean about people kind of educating themselves on what we do and what our costs are. People are surprised when I tell them that my kit's probably about $75,000 between the airbrush, the hair stuff on non-union stuff, the makeup stuff, the the effect stuff, and having multiple kits in case something's stolen and I have a job the next day, I still need to be able to work. So I have to have multiples of things. The other thing that they don't think about is our stuff. If somebody touches it in this world, then it is no longer usable because we don't know what they have. I cannot sterilize something that's moist. So Mm. that becomes unusable. Mm -hmm. So if somebody puts their finger into my makeup palette, that's got 20 colors in it that's from El Maquillage Pro that I love using that is now $600 a get. That's a $600 loss for me just alone for that one item. So there's no way that is possible. And then the whole whole proximity thing. So my costs are going up. I'm a small business, just like the rest of us are. So Mm -hmm. there's no way that I can lower my rates because my cost of doing business has gone up. But if you're going to reimburse me for all these things, you're going to see how much it costs for me to have all these implements for these 10 people that you want shot. All your tools. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just yeah. the tools. It's all the disposables. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to have all sure. of this. And every time yeah, yeah. I touch them up, I'm going to, you guys are going to require gloves. I'm going to have to change them out and new gloves and safety goggles, all of this sort of stuff. So disposable capes, if they want to go that far. Or I'm going to have to have still extra case on hand to wipe stuff down to disinfect in between people. There's just so many things along the lines of disinfecting for us that is just insanity. And I know for me, what about returning clothes? <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. Exactly. There we go. I haven't even thought of that. Go, Dang. I mean, here's my question. Well, returning clothing even to stores as long I mean as long as they No, they're gonna stop accepting no. It's gonna to go back to um ad agencies are gonna to have to start buying this stuff again. Absolutely. But I mean the other thing is also I mean with costume houses, I mean even you know, you costumes for films and stuff, but we dry clean, even on sets we are washing and dry cleaning stuff, you know, after right. every two days. And obviously we keep every actor stuff pretty separate, but that being said, on a truck all of their stuff is packed so on top of each other. There's, there's workarounds to that. I did a job like seven years ago. It was a medical job and we were in a hospital and they started using these UVC lights, mm-hmm. sterilized emergency yep. um, you know, operating rooms. Mm-hmm. And there's companies yep. that furnish those that are portable. The studios yep. can rent those or lease those and they can sterilize the whole thing Absolutely. before anybody comes in. They can put them in the restroom. They can have them on the truck. So that, that could be part of the process of like handling the clothes. Like it's into this room, everything's sterilized. And then that way you have a level of production. And also too, it helps them from an insurance standpoint. You've already, like I said, there's, there's been a lot of thought that's been going on to things that yeah. can be implemented to make everybody feel more comfortable and, mm-hmm. you know, a win-win. Yeah. I just wanted to add to the thought of, 
like cutting the rate, my rate. And, and like Amit said, you know, you pick and choose who you want to work for and that's great. And I've had that blessing of being able to do that. But the bigger reason for not cutting my rate at this point is that there's already 10 pounds of shit that they want us to squeeze into five pound bags. I feel like it becomes quite the ballet to make sure that you're keeping people happy and, and keeping an actor upbeat and like all of those things. And then to add a sanitation crew to that and then to make sure that I still am paying attention to a busy wardrobe stylist who may or may not didn't know if the actor washed their hands or it doesn't know if they sprayed themselves with lice on the way out. You know, I have to double check all those things. So my, I'm already paying attention to the normal stuff. That's already a lot. On top of that, yeah. now we have to deal with the COVID-19 protections of making sure that costumes is covered, making sure that makeup is covered and making sure that they didn't forget something because we're all human. It's still my job to make sure that somebody's paying attention to something that they should have been. Yeah. So yes. and that's why I would not take lesser money. Because now my job has another element. valid reason. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking a pay cut. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You know. But, you know, no, yeah. no, I know what you meant. I mean, that's what I was like. I said, no, I, I completely get it. Working with France. Yeah. So I did, can I just, what if every talent had like their own first team PA, you know, that makes sure that's their part of the job is to make sure they're sanitized. PAs are lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> not all. Most of I them are good, saying. but it's really, they're PAs for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like yeah. giving PAs another set of responsibilities as it is. The first team uh, that's, that's that and, that and statement I agree with. No, that would be their only responsibility. That's what I'm saying. Like that's their only job that's, is this. Have you ever so, met an AD? You know. Most of them are lazy. <laughs> they expect PAs to do all of their job for them. It drives me freaking bananas. Yeah. In my opinion, it's too much yeah. responsibility to put on somebody that in the yeah, above your pay grade. Yeah, we shouldn't put the lowest paid person on the set in charge right. of health and good safety. Point. It's like when you ask us to run film. And I just wanted to say, too, that I think that Lawrence and I, after discussing this for eight weeks now, are trying to somewhat change the culture of production, the responsibility of everything, including everyone's safety. We're trying to change the thoughts behind that. So I didn't mean to, like, as long as production does everything they want, but you're not always going to get a high quality production team. No, but I, Christian, what I liked your idea was, I think I heard, I think in one of your podcasts, though, like hiring a total separate yes. entity, yeah. you know, it doesn't fall on production because I don't think it's fair to fall it onto you guys as well, because your hands exactly. are full. I, I know how hard you guys yeah. work. I agree a thousand percent with that. Exactly. Hire like somebody that has maybe a medical, like a medical group, you know, somebody that's. I heard you say that, and I like that idea. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, I'd like to add that if you add another crew of people, that's another thing for me to AD. I just want to make sure that we're all understanding that. Like, I'm not laughing totally about true. it. I mean, it is funny, but it's true. Like, it is you know, true. But when you have like what, the medic, you're not managing the medic I, on set, are you? Sometimes, no. Yes. Yeah. Once in a while. I mean, all jokes aside, it's I love what I do, and I love that I have the responsibility that I have. I, I like that I'm good at it, but it does any new element you add to any set, there is an unwritten responsibility to every AD to know That's what true. it is and to make sure it's happening and make sure it's happening safely. Even if you have no idea how pyrotechnics work, I'm supposed to know. So when I go over to the pyrotechnic guy and I start asking him questions, he's like, why are you here? And I'm like, because sir, if you blow something up, I need to know what the hell you did wrong. So yeah, <laughs> you know, and we are talking about on a COVID-19 level with five new crew, a little right. crew of five COVID-19 yeah. people who may or may not just sit in another motorhome and never come out. And then I got to figure out why aren't you out here? And they're in there shooting the shit or having sex with each other. I don't know. Right. right. Yeah. Guys, this is, this has been awesome. I, I really appreciate you all taking a, an hour out of your day to join us. It's been great. And it makes me realize, ugh, how much I miss being on set and seeing you I know. guys. 
Thanks. <laughs> you guys. It was nice meeting all of you. Woo. Wow. Lawrence, what a spirited a debate. Spirited debate. Yeah. No, that was good. And it, and God, it really does make me realize how much I miss everybody. It really does. I do too. And yeah. I, there's a couple of things that I didn't realize in there that I don't think that they normally tell production, which is the conditions that sometimes they see talent come in. Yeah. I had no idea. I, I didn't. Because, I mean, yeah. obviously they're not snitches. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and they're too busy. No, of course. But I mean, me, I would I would like to know that. But anyway, um, that was very spirited. So it I was. get a lot of the points. Biggest takeaway for me is, oh, my God, wardrobe. It's no secret. You know, wardrobe goes out, buys a bunch of clothes. For us to try on at the fitting, I didn't even think of it, and returns them all. And I didn't that's, even think of it. Yeah, not that you can buy everything on Amazon. Believe me, I do know some people have purchased things and sent them to talent because of the working conditions that are happening now. I can't imagine what <laughs> Amazon's doing to sanitize all the returns that they're getting. Right? No idea when the big retail stores open back up you know, whether they're even taking clothing back or not. That's, it didn't even occur to me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm so glad Margina was able to explain because I've had that talk multiple times with different makeup artists over the years, but they have different wands for every time Mm -hmm. they dip in and like do your mascara. It's just, it's, already her thoughts on sanitation were, they've already um, taken those measures because advanced, that is what exactly. they do yeah exactly mm-hmm. well if anybody else wants to join us for a crew roundtable we're going to keep having these they're very informative they help us as producers we want to hear from you guys from your mouths what your thinking is where's your thought process on how do we come back and do this safely i mean we can keep reading all these protocol documents but uh <laughs> you know we want to chat to our crew yeah but unless i mean we want to make sure that your voice is heard Exactly. So this show was edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels. And our music was composed by Kyle Puccia. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, stay active, and please stay home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face unless you're Frankie. Clean your phone because it's (laughs) disgusting. And wear a mask. If you go outside, it's just, you know, it's just a good practice. We should be doing it. Yep. And send us your stories. Send us your voice recordings to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, if somebody out there is itching to get a hold of you, how would they do it? (laughs) They can get to me so easily. LawrenceTLewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. Christian, how do people get a hold of you? SisterChristianProduces.com, which will be revised shortly. I've uploaded everything. Just ready to hit the send button. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) Please. All right. (laughs) Thanks. You're going to be like, how did it take you this long? How did it take you this long? Uh, All right. Bye, folks. Bye, everybody.